G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of uh, Bailing, Scouting and Barbecue podcast. Um, it's been a little while and um, I appreciate the patience. And um, yeah, so thank you for watching. Um, today I've got Cody Gearan on from New South Wales. It's going to be a, uh, a good episode. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, I've, I've been watching Cody's journey for quite a while. But beforehand, um, I just want to talk about... Um, what's going on with this duck season. I've had a few people talk to me and, and message me. Um, I just want to, we had it recently on the podcast, um, Raf from Duck Hunting Australia come on and had a bit of a chat. So I'm just going to read you what um, Raf has said to me. Um, I'm not in the duck industry or anything like that. I'm not in the duck hunting. Uh, I'd love to be. I'd love to go and have a hunt. Um, but this is something that is getting quite serious. And um, if as, if us hunters don't do something about this, um, yeah, we're going to lose hunting. And this is the way they're going to start doing it. We're going to slowly wean us off things. So Rafa said to me, um, we normally get uh, we normally get three-month duck season traditionally, starting with the third Saturday in March with a full bag limit of 10 birds per day. And all are uh, and all eight game species to be hunted. This season is 34 days, starting on uh, Wednesday, the 26th of uh, of April. Four ba- uh, four birds uh, bag limit. No bling, uh, no blue wings uh, shoveler, or no hard head ducks to be taken. Um, we pay for our gun license for a full duck season, yet we're only getting a quarter of what is less than each year. Um, Terrible reading from my on my behalf, but uh, as hunters, guys, um, you know we really do need to start looking out for uh, our our hunting industry. Um, you know they're, they're working on the ducks, the greenies have been on that stuff for a while. I'm not into politics. I'm not into that kind of stuff. Um, due to it's just not for me. Uh, I, I takes me a while to work things out. Um, but Jason Selms uh, and Zach Williams, the the two different podcasts, um, the Hunting Connection podcast and the Hunting Australian podcast, they do talk a little bit about it. Uh, and may, I think the Send It boys do as well. Send it, mate. And they are, we're all greatly, you know, as a hunter, we should be concerned about what is happening to our hunting industry. First, you know, example, these ducks are going. Um, you know, we've got our licenses. You know, we, we need to look at the government need to have a look at the situation happening. So anyway, I don't want to ramble on that too much. But, um, you know, if you're a duck hunter, you probably need to go and see your local member and have a chat to them because, um, you know, and see what you can do to, um, you know, have this issue sorted out. Anyway, enough of me rambling about that. Let's get on to, uh, to Cody and uh, let's welcome him. G'day, mate. How you going? All right, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. I've, I had to get that little ramble over first. It was just, um, you know, us, us as hunters need to kind of, you know, look out for that stuff. Um, you know, I personally don't dabble in it much, but uh, it is starting to get a bit of a great concern of what's happening. You know, they've, they've limited the duck hunters a lot. And, um, you know, like next thing will be bows and, you know, then the rifles and dogs. And, yeah, it's just I'm not, I don't want to get into that because it's just not, not for me. Um, but anyway, how you been, mate? What's been happening up there or down there, I should say? Oh, not too much. I've just been doing work, like doing a bit of fencing and cattle work and whatnot and just, yeah, just getting settled in with the, the new baby girl. Yeah, oh, congratulations. congratulations on the baby girl. Thank you. It's 
So um, for everyone who doesn't know um, Cody, so Cody is a, um, a father, a provider. Uh, he is a, a farmer and um, he does bow hunting and rifle hunting. So Cody has travelled um, all around the world to do hunting. Hunting is his passion. If you go on his YouTube, YouTube channel, which I'll let Cody talk all about that, it is a rip. Uh, I'll, I'll show you the footage through the um, the live stream. It's uh, some of it's just nuts. It's um, makes me very jealous. So, um, so start off, mate. Um, what's what's your YouTube channel called? Um, YouTube channel is called Dropping Game with Cody Guerin. Yeah, that that name came about because I, I used to do a podcast myself called Dropping Game, and I was just okay. I, just, I just recycled the name. Yep. No yeah, the, doing the podcast itself, it was just it was. That was a big commitment because I tried to do interviews with people in person and it was just too hard to do. So I only lasted like seven episodes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to, have to find out where it is and have a look at it. Um, I'll listen. Sorry, listen to it. It's very hard doing it face-to-face. Um, I've, I've, I've thought and dabbling of the idea. Um, it's just, it's, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit more. Uh, I like the computer screen between us sometimes, you know. I feel like it could. I'm a bit of a yeah, It makes it easier, like if, like you know, like you're in Queensland, and you know, you get boys from South Australia, like you were talking about Zach and the Centermate boys, like they're down there. So just, you know, this is probably the easiest, quickest way to get it done. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, you've done a few podcasts, mate, as in your own, and also you've been on, um, you've also been on Zach's the Hunting Connection podcast. How'd you find that? Um. That was good. He, he sort of got me on last minute because he had another guest lined up, but they sort of fell through. So he sort of asked me, he said, hey, can you come on? I was like, oh, yeah, sure, rightio. I, I'm sure he would have made you feel welcome. He's, he's pretty good. He's um, he's a great, great hunter. I, I love watching – I love listening to his stuff. I've actually um, – I've I've gone oh, the last probably oh, four weeks. I think I've had a bit of a, a listening barrage on him. I've been listening to everyone uh, recently. I've just been loving it. Um, he's, he's, um, yeah, he, he does a nice, he's got a nice method and a nice little setup how he does it. Just, it flows nicely. Um, yeah, and I like the questions at the end. Um, how, you know, zombie apocalypse toys and um, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, good on, good on Zach. It's, it's, um, yeah, very creative. Well done to him, mate. So, you know, Zach's a real, real good bloke. I've, I've, I try to make time for him whenever I can, even if it's just to give him shit about getting a hog deer tag when I didn't. So, <laughs> yeah, well, he, I, I've, he's, get, I, we've talked about getting him on here. Um, I think it was, yeah, we're trying to work out times, and from from memory, he is quietest on Monday, Tuesday, where I'm busiest on Monday, Tuesday. So we were kind mm. of like trying to work out um, maybe a weekend do a live stream. And, uh, yeah, it's good just to pick his brain because you know he's he's in South Australia. I, I really loved his um his Josh Joshua Haynes episode. Um, yeah. The way they spoke about um you know like basically what I was just talking about before um, hunting connections and um, no, I didn't really speak about that. I spoke about ducks, but yeah, the hunting connection. How um, Josh Josh is one of those guys where you could ask him anything and he'd happily answer it. And I don't even know Josh from my – I've just spoke to him over Instagram. Um, he's just one of those guys that is would happily help anyone out. Um, you know, small goods, the lot. He's, he's into it all and he's a great photographer too. So, yeah. Yeah, no, Joshua Haynes, he's like – I've never met him or anything, but I've spoken to him a few times online and he's just like a 
just a honest good bloke. I'm happy to talk to you or give you a tip or ask how you're going and how things are going in your life. Like he's yeah, like he, his heart's in the right place. Yeah, yeah, and you can definitely tell um, by just just you know you can definitely tell just by talking to him. And looking at his, um, you know, he's got so many hunters going in there and, and just asking him advice. And um, his Instagram is just amazing to look at. Um, you know, I'm, I'm butcher by trade, and he looks like he's made more sausages than me, which is um, which is pretty bad. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so. does love his sausages. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Um, so, mate, first question: um, How was your last video? We, I, I watched it. Um, tell us a little bit about that one because I really. Um, Bow hunting to me, it looks incredibly hard. Uh, I haven't dabbled in it yet. I've been told I need to. Um, I will one day when I can afford a bow. Um, but yeah, how, how? Just tell us about the last episode, and we'll we'll get we'll go back into it a little bit, and I'll start showing some films. Yeah, well, um, well, the way the story went was, um, well, was working on a property where like I've I've spent all my lifetime there. It's basically like. My earliest childhood memories were on this property and there's never been goats on the place. Goats started to show up last summer, but then they disappeared. Then they've, they've come back in the last this year. Yeah, okay. I like, oh, I'd like to, if I can get one, I'll try to get one. And um, I, usually, I like to chase goats with the bow, so I went out after it from there and yeah. went and... Had a crack at one, yeah. Clean, clean mist. I shot straight <laughs> over the top of it. Yeah, I did that, see that. Yeah, that that spooked the mob and sent them off and uh, just over the hill. But like, luckily, I managed to catch up with them and close the distance again. But like, the grass was a bit too tall and they're all bunched together. It's hard. It's hard. Like you can just see the movement in the grass in on the film, but like, they were all bunched together and there was like one sort of back a bit. Yeah, I said, "Why? Well, that one's giving me the, the clearest shot. I'll have it. Take it in." And yeah, I, obviously, I, I, I pulled the shot too far back and didn't hit it properly. Like it, he ran off and just went over the hill and like did, did eventually fall over, but it wasn't a good hit. Not something I'm particularly proud of, but but that's just like one of the downfalls of bow hunting is like you've like. It's a screw up, but like, you, you can screw up with a rifle as well. But like, absolutely, I know it's like when you screw up with a bow, like you just, you know, you you, you got to be perfect with it, otherwise, you probably shouldn't shouldn't be touching the thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, you know, bow hunting is a, a, a totally different skill. You know, rifle rifle hunting, you kind of get a bit, of, you know, you get a fair bit of leeway. Um, you know, if you make that mistake, but you know, I've shot a, I've shot a deer and I shot it. F- little bit back from you know the heart and the lung and you know luckily she pulled up and i had a second shot so um you know you know that second shot definitely make it count um you know like you did as well so um you know it's for for me watching him it's it's unreal footage you do very well on um you know the filming aspect um you know it's yeah so anyway we'll 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 go back to the the very start so how did you get into hunting mate um well, as a kid growing up on the farm, you sort of grow up around rifles and shooting and stuff. So it more or less came from that. You know, I spent a lot of time spotlighting as a kid. And I just, 
I don't know how it came about. I just decided, like, oh, you know, shooting from the Utes, not exactly fun. I think I wanted to carry out on foot a bit more. Yeah. So, yeah, I just came from that, and I just started doing it a bit more, and Dad seemed to notice I was into it a bit, so, like, you know, he'd sort of make a bit of an effort to help te- teach me things, like, you know, like you're real, real big on firearm safety. Yeah. That was, that was, that was like, you know, that was like you, you don't joke around with that. Like, that's a, the fair ding of thing you need to get on top of. Yeah. And then, you know, if we were out working somewhere, he'd make an effort to drive to a rabbit warren in an arbo and let me have a few cracks at him. But he always made it the rule that if you miss, then he gets to shoot and he gets to shoot till he misses. So, like, opportunities were limited. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right, but at least you got a shot. My old boy never, never, ever handed the rifle over. It was... Um, yeah, never, never shared, and that was fine. It was all good most of the time. It was roo shooting for his living, and um, yeah, that gun never, never touched my fingers. Not very often, anyway. Unless it was uh, too hard to turn around, I, I would get the a lucky shot, and nine times out of ten, I'd miss it. And so, um, yeah, at least you guys had a, a decent rule on that. We were, I didn't. So, so mate, from there, how did you? Um, so you obviously shooting rabbits and all that. So, what age did you start going out and doing your own thing? Um, well, yeah, like in New South Wales, you, you can get your minor's license at 12. Okay. To get your minor's permit, but like you still got to be with a supervised firearm owner. So, but so basically, from that point, I was sort of like going out, like, you know, dad'd be working somewhere and I'd sneak off and have a look look around me, myself. But as long as he was in, like, I'd watch off me, like, that was all fine. And like, yeah, I got. I can't tell the the age I was when I shot my first deer, but I remember when I shot my first stag, I, I think I was 15. Yeah, wow, nice. And that was a rifle, mate? No, that was a rifle. That was with the um, with a Tika T3 22-250. Yeah, nice. Very nice. Okay. So when did you go across to, to the bow, mate? When did that process start to pan out? Um, you know, when I finished high school, my, my brother had a mate who had a – old compound bow and he wanted to get rid of it and he said he wanted 50 bucks for it so like yeah i'll, I'll take that and i took <laughs> i took it and it was a bucket of shit <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't hit anything with like you know the pins were all loose and, and it just wasn't that good so like, i dabbled in a little bit but never hit anything or could never hit a target and because i was all self-taught at that point like i didn't really have anyone to sort of teach me anything about archery yeah, and like I, I bought I bought a another bow online. In it was slightly better. That was an apex bow. Yeah, that that helped a bit, and I managed to managed to get a, a bill a little billy goat with it. Yeah, and I was over the moon with that. Like I actually managed to get something. Yeah, yeah. But then I I sort of left it alone for a bit, and then I sort of booked a white tail. Hunting Illinois during the archery season, so okay. I was like, from that from that point, I was like, rightio. Well, if I'm gonna make the effort to fly over there and hunt whitetail, then I, I need to have a proper bow and have a proper setup. Yeah. So I went down to Abbey Archery and got a Hoyt Powermax, okay. and I was part of the ADA at the time, and I had a mate in there who said, "Oh, there's a guy who's a bow hunter. Maybe get in contact with him and." That's how I met Nick Kilby, and he okay. sort of became my archery mentor and like 
one of my closest and best mates, and he's taught me everything about bow hunting and sort of made me a bit better at it. Yeah, okay. Because it what okay like for people who don't know much about um, you know bow hunting, what 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 kind of things you got to take into consideration? Because myself as a as a, a hunter, you know, I know nothing about. Um, I know I know nothing about bow hunting. Um, you know, obviously I know hunting wise with the wind and all that, but um, you know, for a, looking at a bow, what are you actually looking at? Like, because you got your releases, your com, uh, your poundage. There's obviously a fair bit going on there. What kind of key points do you need to look at? Um, it's all. There's a lot of personal preference in it because, like, you know, like every bow sort of sort of takes person different because, like, your draw length is going to be different from the blokes than the next year. Yeah. So that's like, it's the, like when you pick up a bow, the bow's set up for you. Like, if you've got a mate, it's like, oh, I want to try the bow out. It's like, it's not worth him touching it because like, it's not going to be the same for him as it is for you because it's just a com- the setup's completely yeah. different. As you're talking about draw length, as in, now you pull them back because I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, the draw from like the from yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I went, I, I went into Apex and they asked me what my um, oh, what do they call it? it must be the draw length where they you get to measure out your arm length, your width. Mm. Um, yeah, what is that? Is that called the draw length or is there a specific name for that? Yeah, well, the, the draw length is from like basically from like where you hold the bow in your hand to the point where you've yep. got the string. Full, full draw. Okay. Yep. All right. So that's like from that, like from yeah, from there. To, that's that's your draw length, and that's what they're basing yeah. on. So because okay. each bloke's slightly taller, got a slightly longer arm. Yeah. It's all different, different, different lengths. No, fair enough. Okay. So, mate, um, I, I I'm gonna as we're talking, I'm gonna start putting some films on. But tell us about um, you know, your trips to New Zealand. You and I have I'll, I've pitched you up a few times about it. Um. For anyone who, you know, go and check out uh, Cody's YouTube channel. It's uh, awesome. And there's a little bit of, uh, uh, actually, I'll let you talk about it. There's a little bit of hunting and uh, over overseas. Um, tell us a bit about your, your trips to New Zealand we'll start with. So um, tell us from the start when you're going overseas, mate. I'll put some films up as we're talking. Yeah. yeah so when I turned 18, I was like, sweet, like, I'm, I'm going to go over and start hunting. Across, so the first trip I did was to the North Island, say Segidi. Yep. Didn't go go well. Um, I got a glimpse of a deer, but I couldn't tell you what species it was, whether it was a red deer or if it was a seeker. Yep. So that was a, that was a big steep learning curve, and didn't go back for a couple of years. And I hit the point I was like, you know, watched enough hunt videos for Himalayan tar to the point I was like, I really want to chase one. I really want to get up into the proper alpine, up into the proper mountains and just chase one of these mountain monarchs. Yeah. So like I, I looked up a guide, an outfitter, who at the time, like a lot of people were going for it at the time. I hit them up, organised the trip with him and Nick, who I spoke about before. Yep. We organised a trip to go over in May because late May – June is the tar rut, and they and they got off. That's when the coats like real thick and dark, and that's sort of what I was sort of after in terms of a trophy. Yep. Yeah, we got organised to go over there and do that. 
um, he set us up with one of his guides. We went up in the, up into the mountains by a chopper and there was just snow all over the ground and within <laughs> a couple of minutes of being there, like he was like, oh, look, there's a bull tar there. Who wants to shoot it? It's like, oh, I sort of like, wasn't really. I was sort of half expecting to be hiking around and glassing through a bit before I actually saw one, but like there's one like 300 yards from camp from where we landed. I was like, right, I, I got nominated to take a crack at it. I lined up, and the problem I had was I was treating it, treating it like deer hunting, like yeah. in terms of trot placement. Yep. You know, aim behind the shoulder, or that not what you're meant to do on mountain game, specifically, okay. especially tar. Yeah, okay. Because, you know, they, the guy that, Matt McClintock, I think I said his name probably, that was, that was who was the guy for us that trip. Yeah. He, he's like, a bull tar is about as tough as a, as a grizzly bear. So they take a pound. So, like, when you go to shoot one, you need to take out both shoulder blades so they drop on the spot. Oh, wow. Otherwise, they can they can take a bullet and keep going. And, like, what's that bull? They can, they're basically bullet sponges like a, like a Sam stag. Yeah, okay. But, like, I, I saw, but I double lunged it. So, we took off over the, the ridge. Okay. So, right, I will, it definitely hit. Like, we'll go, go after him. Yeah. Uh, as we did that, we went after him and we spotted another one. I was yep. like, boy, I've already shot one. We'll let, let Nick have a crack. So he went across the, the top of the ridge that was covered in ice, had a shot, and apparently it was a perfect shot. Like the legs went out from under the ball, but it rolled the other way down the mountain. Uh-huh. It, was getting, it was getting dark, so I was like, the guy was like, right, you boys go back hike back down the camp and I'll – See if I can get eyes on your bulls. So that, that was all well and good. And he said, Yep, yeah, your bull's down. Your bull's down. And we also, I just saw a 13 inch bull over there. So we might try to go after him in the morning if you if you do a keen. Like, yeah, buddy, 13 inch. I'm not against that. <laughs> but that night the snow kicked in and like we were whited out for the whole day. And like we never left the tent. Just complete oh. white out. <laughs> how, how how was that when the um with frustrations were pretty high when that the old uh the because it was a blizzard because you end up going home didn't you in the end was that yeah, that well, trip yeah that was that trip yeah we we're just laying there like you know I mean Nick got real what we started talking about life and like oh well, what do you think's on the other side and hmm. <laughs> read read the same articles in the hunting mags the same all the same time and. You know, and the the gas in the um in the cooker froze, so we couldn't even oh. have hot meals. Oh, oh so, so we were eat, eat, we're eating canned peaches and salami. Oh, I don't my salami. Peaches are nasty. So no, all good. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, so no, how, yeah. how, many, how many times you've been in New Zealand now? Because um, you know, it, it looks it looks cold. I'm going over this year. I'm pretty excited. Um. And I've talked about with you a few times going over and doing like a like, is is it like a state forest hunt over there? What was what you kind of did as well? Um, yes and no. Like it's like you don't you don't necessarily have to book anything. You can you can go online and look up the docs website yeah. and say right, I, I want to hunt this area, and you just print off the 
permit. Like you don't have to actually book it. You just print it off. And like, if you get pulled up by an officer or something, you could just show them your permit that said, yeah, like I'm coming here, but it's not like state forest, New South Wales, where you have to go online and pick the dates and book it. You can just sort of just print it and go whenever you like. Yeah. Okay. That's much easier. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Do you have to pay for it? No, you don't have. You don't have to pay for the permits. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's all. That's all free. You only. You've. I think. Last time I checked, I think you only got to pay pay your twenty five dollars for a New Zealand firearms license. Ah, okay. Yeah. And but and you got to pay for a fishing license up there. They're pretty bloody heavy handed on when it comes to the fishing stuff. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, mate. We're going to have a quick ad, and um, yeah, we'll we'll um, come back in a sec. Yep. Are you looking to boil your crabs up? Make sure you measure them properly, or you just want a pot to boil your heads out to do some euro mounts? Well, the girls at Iron Bark Fabrication have got you sorted. They got the pots to boil, the boilers to boil. Be sure to order from Megan from Iron Bark Fabrications to get your order in there. Special requests are available, and she's always happy to have a chat and talk about what she can do to help you. So make sure you check out Iron Bark Fabrications. Check out Facebook and Instagram, and also TikTok. I'll have to get one of those um, big big crab cookers so I can do a couple of Euro mounds one day when I actually kill something. It'd be nice. Um, yeah, need a big crab cooker. Hey? Certainly makes the job look easier. Oh, it does. It does. Uh, yeah, chuck them in there and let them go. So yeah. used to do it up in, in, the, in the Cape, do it um, on the fire, and oh, it sucked. It just sucked doing it on the fire. Um, yeah, nasty, nasty stuff. So um, for anyone who's who's watching, um, you've got any questions, chuck them through um, in the comments section, and uh, I'll happily uh, read them out for Cody. Not sure if he can see it or not. So, mate, um, what what got the inspiration for the um the youtube channel um why did you start filming because you know you, we talked a little bit about your pod you, you know you did a podcast but and you brought the name over what what kind of um you know you obviously you, you're quite lucky to have a family farm to go hunting on but what was the inspiration to, to to drag the camera along i what i i enjoyed watching hunting dvds and videos and stuff growing up like Watching like the Tony Bizarre DVDs, like that yeah, you made like the like the fox whistling videos and the pig shooting stuff, yeah. and like I eventually got into the Jack Birmingham stuff, yeah, you know, or or that North American big game hunting, like like I really enjoyed that. To the point I got that's like I thought that was something I'd like to do, like just go out and film. So like, I towed the camera around for a bit and just spent. Years gathering up the footage on it, I just more as a as a practice thing. I just try to get like get shots right, like film things, and I just just like sort it out there and join it. I spent years yeah. just using the what the same camera I've used the whole time. Because once I picked that camera up, it's like oh, this is a good camera. Like it's everything comes up clear and everything's reasonable. So I total that camera around there where I could sort of always sits on the passenger seat in the ute. So if I see something on the side of the road or I see something out in the paddock, I can whip it out real quick and film or photograph. And I just got to the point where I was like, I've got all this footage and I'm not doing anything with it. 
Like I've probably got like five or six years of hunting footage that's just sort of sitting there, not 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 being looked at. So I decided to bite the bullet and hypothetical one, and just start throwing videos together and start putting them up on YouTube. And so I did ten episodes of dropping game each episode dedicated to a different species like first one being foxes then then we went to goats and did a fallow episode and a samba episode did two red deer episodes because i dedicated one episode purely to for a big steak that i hunted and then yeah that and then like the last episode i made was like it was just like the, the spare footage like the stuff i got over in, in america and the stuff i got over in Croatia and yeah. and all, all the Australian stuff, all, all the natives and it's thrown out together. So like, this is what you see when you when you're not trying to kill things or you don't have like <laughs> get, getting a shot off. Like you're still enjoying the great outdoors. Yeah. But now that I've I've, I've done those ten episodes, I've just I've changed me me lookouts. Like any time I, I manage to get out for a hunt, I'm trying like to film the the story of it, like from the start to the, to the end. And that's how I've managed to get the last two episodes out was like just doing it that way. And it's probably yeah. what I might continue to do. Yeah. It's not easy making a story, is it? Cause like I, I, for myself, you know, I struggle. I really do struggle. Um, you know, making a story cause you want to concentrate on the hunt, but at the same time, you, you know, you want to put out the best film possible. Um, you know, like I've I've gone up. Uh, I think a couple episodes a while back now. Um, I was fishing in in Cape York, and we would have caught twenty barra before I even turned the camera on in one session. I was just like, I, I don't even want to. You know, my brother said, "Oh, you better chuck it on." It was such a good little session, and it kind of just was. It was a good moment between my brother and I. You know, we just we were just pulling barra after barra, and he kind of said, "Oh, you better better chuck the camera on." And you know, I'm glad we did because we ended up getting some good footage and. Um, yeah, so I know exactly what you're saying. It's very difficult. Um, I got a question here. Obviously, one of your mates. Um, I'll let you read that one, mate. So, <laughs> <laughs> any of us had to become such an absolute weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any advice, mate? Because um, um, <laughs> I don't know, Dan. Like I'll be trying to I try, trying to work out an answer for you on that one. <laughs> I know. Just just be me. No, well, um, talking about just being you, um, where am I? So, mate, you've taken out a few people um, hunting as well, and you've got some mates there you've taken out. Um, um, try and find the other young lady that you took out. Um, you take out your mates, and obviously, you know, you're, you're all about making memories, but um, you also take out your family, your young fella, mate. Tell us a bit about your hunting experiences with the young fella. Well, from the get-go, from my, from when I found out my, my partner was pregnant and we were going to have a little boy, I was like, he, he's going to come out with me. <laughs> like, he's he's going to be a country kid. Like I grew up on the farm. I go out hunting. Like he's going to he's going to do the same thing. Even though we live in town now, you know, I, I got to travel to to the farm to get to work, but I'm still going to do everything I can to help raise me a country kid because that's just. I know they just seem to have a, at least have a better buddy life story in, in their upbringing. Absolutely. But yeah, and I was like, 
that's like what I want to do. Like I, I, I'm definitely going to take him out. So my yeah. partner's reply to that was for my first Father's Day, she got me the Kathmandu pack that you can carry your kid around in. Yeah, um, let me find it. I'll, I'll show people. Uh, oh, hang on. No, I think I got the wrong one. Um, That's a different pack, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wrong species. Um, I do love the shirt. Sorry, I'm trying to find it. I've got a picture of here somewhere. Let. I know, I know that's what the cat men do, but that's what we're kind of. Uh, so the young fella sits in the back of you yeah. now, doesn't he? Yeah, he sits. He, he rides on my back. But yeah, well, that was that. He was four months in that photo. There, he's four months old. That was the first time I took him out, and that was like the first full day out. Where it was just me and him out and give his mother a bit of a bit of a break for once. Yeah, no. And, you know, we put up the car. We saw like a red hornet within the first bloody five steps of walking away from the ute. So. Oh, beautiful. But, uh, yeah, I've got another comment here. It's a dope shirt. I totally agree. Can you uh, help a farmer? On a feral. Absolutely. Um, great shirt. I love it. Who made that for you, mate? Um, the, the This is a shirt from Eureka Tactical. Yeah, yeah, okay. So um, the Dan, who just commented earlier, he, he's, he's one of the owners of, of Eureka. Okay, okay, nice. So um, he, 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 makes the, he makes these good, these awesome hunting shirts that mm, I got off my guy liking that much. I own a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I've noticed well, that you're, you're doing a little bit of um, like uh, obviously making shirts and stuff. But they also do. Um, I saw a little post the other day. Uh, I stupidly comment the wrong thing. Um, but yeah, they're talking about, um, you know, ways of helping far, uh, hunters and stuff. So um, check out Eureka tactical. I'll try and tuck it, uh, chuck it in the, um, the details below, but tell us a bit about them, got mate, because I know you guys you do a bit of work with them, um, a bit of helping each other out. Yeah, well, um, I actually met Dan through Zach's show. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. um, like, because Zach is like, oh, if anyone has questions for our guest tonight, buddy, throw them over, and like, he knew I was having a bit of a beef with the chopper coals. <laughs> So Dan, being the smart ass that he is, was like, "Oh, like, did you, did you write to your member of parliament?" I was <laughs> like, "No, I haven't wrote to my member of parliament, but I'm going to." But yeah, like still, I still still haven't done it, have you? But what was that? Sorry, you still haven't done it, have you? No, well, actually, I had a, I had the um, a shooters and fishers Blake actually he ring me up to talk to me about it. So, oh well, well there you go. Yeah. But anyway, getting off any so like yeah, well, I met him through that, and like we, we continuously got talking, and every now and then like he asked me okay, well what's your thoughts on this? What's your thoughts on that? And I just let him know because like he gets some perspectives from Zach, and he'll ask me from my point of view. And I was like, when he wanted to start writing about how to help hunters get property access. That's right. Yeah, that was the recent one. That was the recent one, and he was like, so can you do it from the hunter's perspective? It's like, um, I can't really because most of my property access is either through good mates or through family. But I can give you the property owner's perspective because I've seen people come and go and ask things, and like I just see the big don'ts. And, you know, you talk to the neighbours and you hear that they've always got a gripe. I said, oh, the, 
bloody hunters have left the gates open or someone's been poaching here and or they've they've invited their mates out with our, talking to us first so i was like i was gonna like i wrote it down and sent that to dan like just help use this to help with the articles because you know i think it's a i think that most folks tend to overlook it's like yeah. getting that so he's, he's He's written all that down and he's spread it out into a few different articles and he's like releasing them bit by bit okay. as he goes along through his website. Yeah. So what's what's um what's his goal there? Is he is he just educating people? Because that's a great little you know that's a great article because I've I've spoken about that at length with people and um you know talking about trying to gain access to a property. Um, I've even taken some of my stuff down because. Um, you know, I've, I've done interviews with it. I've done, you know, a video on it and um, I've ended up taking it down. But what what's his, his main goal with that? Is it just education-wise? Because, you know, I, I think we need as much as possible, much yeah. education as possible because, um, yeah, especially on the asking, because especially in Queensland at the moment, it's impossible to get a property. Um, unless you know someone, you, you're not getting on a, a – you're not getting on private property. Yeah. Um, so they, they need to do something about the state forest because – um, yeah, people are still going to do the wrong thing. Well, he's a Queenslander himself, so he, he's well aware of the struggles. But I think his main goal is is to educate, but of course to, to to help people out too. Especially like if you're someone who's just recently got into hunting and you're not too sure where to go or how to go about things because like you don't have like a mentor, so to speak, to help you with these sort of things. So it's like if you're sort of out on your own and no one's really helping you well maybe these articles if you read them might be able to help point you in the right direction at least yeah yeah that's good that's um that's fantastic so um anyone else you work with mate with um any like you you're wearing any stuff or um you know, anyone else you're working with through the youtube channel or just on your instagram no i i, I just I, I help out with your ricky because like you know he, he's he supported me like and he supported the channel and yeah. Like I, I, I repay that by you know giving him a shout out whenever I can or yeah. wearing his stuff or yeah. No, that's really good, mate. That's that's awesome. I, I love the shirt. That's it's fan. I'm gonna I'll jump on there and have a look after this because um that's my kind of shirt. Um, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, mate. Um, it's taken me 38 minutes, but let's talk a bit about deer, the rut. Um, I, I'm gonna show you my new toy. I probably. I've got no idea how to use it other than still on the packaging. Um, so um, I've booked me a uh, book me state forest hunt. Um, let's just let's just think that I've never ever been hunting in my life. Um, yep. How would you? I'm going with you. I'm going to meet you at the front gate. Tell me what the plan would be and how how to go about it. Well, my usual thing would be um, red deer. Because yeah. fallow deer, like I, I go with other friends to do that. Fallow deer is still a mystery to me, and they're only still sort of new to the area, so yeah. I haven't quite caught them during the rut. Yeah. But they they are certainly there. But like red deer is usually my main focus. Yeah. So what we do if we're, we're at the gate, I would be like, right, we're going to hop outside the ute. We're just gonna stand by the and just gonna we're just gonna listen. Yeah. Just gonna listen and then off in the distance you're gonna hear a 
That is sexy. Um, trying to find a big, trying to find a big, big red stag um, to resemble that that sound. So if I can find it, I'll put it on. If I can find it, that's the question. Okay. Right, you hear that? It's a radio. He's coming from that direction. We got. We're heading that way. Yep. So we'll go. We'll usually go marching off in that direction, and if we can, we'll try to get eyes on him. But we're just looking all the times, and might usually find a hind first. It's okay. Okay. There's one hind. There's two hind. There's three hind. There's eight hind. And you just watch the hinds for a bit, and usually there will be the the herd, herd stag walking around with him, and yep. he's either just freshly got him, and he's a young fella, or he's the he's the big boy. He's the big and boy, he'll okay. be, and he'll be just doing his rounds, like running back and forth, like trying to keep them all together. Yeah. And while he's doing that, you might also notice a second stag, who's just he might be a little bit smaller, just hang on, hang around on the edge, or not quite. Wanting to take a hind for himself, but he's not quite confident enough because you know he's going to get his ass flogged by by the big boy. <laughs> and yeah, those those guys are usually nick, nicknamed by satellite stags. Okay, satellite stags, just floating around. Yeah, yeah. I like, can. They they usually always tail the main mob trying to trying to get a, a hind or two for for himself. Yeah. Okay. And so that fella that fella there on the screen, he he's definitely not a, a satellite stag. No, no. He he that. He had a couple of hinds with him here, like had like five or six. Okay, so um, okay, so you obviously um, you want the wind pushing in your face, um, you know, uh, yeah. Okay, let's just talk about for me, for example, I'm going to be using a rifle. Um, yep. What kind of um, shot range we're looking at? I've got a 308, um, and just tell us where will you be aiming if you were shooting this big boy here? Where would you right, be I'm aiming? I would line the centre of the crosshair with with his front leg, and yep. roughly about about centre. Okay, very and nice. I'd, maybe even a little bit higher to take out his sh shoulder. Yeah. Okay. And then, and, uh, what's your minimum calibre, mate? Would you be touching with a, a big red stag like that? Like I, I'd be sticking with the thirty cows. Yep. I, I shoot a thirty eight six personally when, yep. when it comes okay. to reds. Yeah, but like I, I feel like I, I don't feel like it. You can get drop on for two seventy, but I, I don't feel like that's enough gun. Like I did shoot my first one with a twenty two two fifty, but that was a headshot. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, there you go. That's um, and then the, the fun starts. Hopefully, you can get the Ute close enough to we we have to start packing it out. So um, yeah, butchering and uh, all that will uh, have to come later. So um. No, that's very good. I, I, I like that. Um, so, mate, for um, – I'm going to put us a big screen. So, um, with reds, you're obviously not using the old rattle pack. Um, you're not using any of that kind of stuff. It's just um, croaking and high noises. Are you yeah, doing I'm, any I'm, – I'm, I'm roaring at reds. Okay. Usually you're like, like, if, I, like we, if we go back to when we, we started the U and yeah. it's dead quiet – and there's not any action. I'll, I'll let off a roar myself to try to get them started. Okay. And so I let off a roar and said, oh, okay, there's one over here. Oh, there's another one over here. I can, you know, I, yeah. I 
took a mate out like a couple of years ago. And we we did that tactic and we heard eight different rules. Oh wow, that's awesome. from all, all, all directions. So, <laughs> so um, if if um, oh, I've gone blank on my question, but I'll go to my next question. If it if they you didn't hear that roar, what kind of um, you know what kind of terrain you're looking for? So, you know you you're obviously listening during the rut, but if you you're not on the deer. What, what kind of terrain are you looking for? You're looking for water. Um, you're looking for good pick, or what kind of areas you're looking for to to get that stag, that dream stag. Well, you're looking because the, the hinds will still be feeding, and they'll they'll be chasing the hinds. So if you can get on like to where like they want to have security, like they want to have the safety of the scrub, but they the girls want want to still be eating too, even though the steak himself is not focused on food. The girls are still eating, so like he and he'll be sticking close to them. So like they might tinker around on the edge of the scrub sometimes, and then other times they'll like he'll come out and he'll push them back into the bush. Yeah, so if, okay. you're, if you're looking for that sort of fringe country, that'll help. But you know, at the same time, like you, you, those herd stakes aren't necessarily always the dream animal. Yeah. So you might like. If you're in country like where the, the scrub's thick and you've got to do a bit of walking around, around like and that might be what you have to do. Like you just do like a spot and stalk style, walk through the scrub and let off those roars every now and then try to get a bit of a stir up. Okay. Because I've had I've let off roars and I've had spikers and young ten points buddy near walking to me lap. Wow. Okay. So um if if you can't do a croak like you did a roar, is yep. there um is there something you can buy to, to make that noise? Um, I think I think there, there was a company that made a red deer call in Canada, but I, I never really looked into it because I know you just you just make make the noise yourself. Like you just got to try to sound like a like a dirty old Angus bull, really. Yeah, okay. just got to get, get a bit of behind it. Yeah, okay. So you're looking for that. <laughs> yeah, and that's just basically like a cow sound, but dragged out as long as possible. Yeah, and yeah. like I, I've got a specially made horn to help get like, uh, it louder. Yep. To help it echo across the hill. My mate Nick, he he shot a stag with a boat, and he was using a bit of vacuum hose. To make that make that echo, yeah, okay, all right. So for a reds, you you wouldn't even bother taking the old um rat pack out. You just leave that home. I've I've never used it, and I haven't heard of anything anyone using the the rattles for reds because that seems the rattling seems to be mainly a fallow deer okay. game. Yep. Have you ever used them on the fallows? Not that I've used cast antlers. Yeah, okay. Uh, and like, well, Nick's Nick's used the cast antlers. Like when I went out hunting with him, and he rattled one in the ten meters, and that's the one over my shoulder here. Hang on, I'll zoom in on you. Where are you? All right, point out. So this this one here. Yep. He re-rattled him into ten meters, and I, I shot him with the bow. Wow, that's awesome. And now, what's that one over to? Uh, I'm going to say your left. Um, so you got a samba right behind you. Yep. The one, 
Yeah, so Sam. Samba. Fellow, and that's a that's a young red doing a raw pose. Oh, beautiful. Lovely. That's um that's an impressive wall, mate. That's a, a very sexy wall. It's in a couple of Euro mounts there as well. Awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, look at that. That's a great wall. <laughs> that's awesome. That's uh that's so cool. That's awesome. I love it. So um I'll um I'm gonna show a couple of uh videos and I just want you to talk yep. talk me through what's going on. Um, um where are we? This is the one I want. So I'm not gonna put the volume on just because of YouTube um uh lovely on their assistance of demonetizing everything. Yeah. So tell me tell me what's happening here. This is um a Samus stag and yeah, you so me and a mate that just bumped into this guy and like I was trying to find a, a bigger older animal and he's my mate is pretty good at buddy finding big samba and like we went through we spooked the spiker before and we he saw him walking through and I was like oh is he any good he goes yeah no nah, shoot him I was like right so I handed I handed him the camera to film and I got my off out I was using a 338 win mag nice because you know they just take that much of a hit and yeah, lined him up and yeah, shot him. And yeah, just had to do a quick bit of a track to, to try to find him. Because the um the when I shot him, the bullet didn't mushroom like it was meant to. The bullet was too hard, so it didn't it didn't mushroom on impact. It just stayed solid and sort of penciled through him. But luckily I managed to take out both lungs and got him to bleed good enough. But if but if I if the shot placement wasn't good, I wouldn't wouldn't have recovered him, I don't think. Yeah, okay, they must be tough doing, you know, like they I, I didn't realize the samba were that tough. That's um, that's unreal. So, um, oh, yeah, no, they're, they're bullet sponges. Oh, wow, but yeah, so that's that's this fella here. Oh, wow, awesome. okay, that's um, I love I love seeing a, a you know the story unravel even onto the wall. So, that's um, that's awesome. So, that's the stag there put into him on the wall. That's awesome. So, um, tell us about this one here, mate. Um, Oops, problem is with this app. So you got some nice fellow deer. Um, the old bachelor pad looks like it. A couple of boys hanging around. Yeah. So that was like I, I was um, feeding cattle and putting a lot of hay out and just happened to come, come around the corner with, uh, with a couple of bales on the back and just happened to spot these boys feeding. And I was like, and of course I have my binos and whatnot with me and had a glass and I was like, there's a few big fellas in there and especially the one on the top left-hand corner. He, he was wide and he seemed to have good palms on him. I was like, well, he he's probably the best fellow bucker I've, I've come across, you know, just out and about. And yeah. I was like, I'm, well, I've, got, I've got the camera, I've got a rifle. Let's just let's see, see, see what happens. So I mean, there was a big rocky outcrop near where they were. So it was probably like a good couple uh, probably three hundred away, but I made I snuck into about eight eighty. Yeah, okay. Just happened to set the, I didn't have I, I, a bad habit I've got when I, I, I come to filming is I forget the tripod. Oh uh, yeah. So 
So, yeah, you know, I've got a lot of stuff. It looks a little bit unsteady. It looks a little bit on angle. It's usually sitting on top of a hat, a jumper, or it's usually jammed, jammed on a rock with a, with a stick under it to get the angle right. Yeah. In this case, it was my my, my hat, hat and a stick with the camera and well, you did a good, you did a good job. Like I have to admit, that's um, that's a pretty good job. You know, the, you, you can't pick up the grass, which is perfect. Um, you know, and it's you, you can see the shot placement. He wasn't going to go anywhere. And is that him on? Is that him there, mate? Yeah, that's yeah. So well, I'm wearing the flannel bunning shirt. That's yeah, that's the same buck. Oh, it's a bunny. Oh, it's a bunnings trade shirt. <laughs> Actually, it's... hang on. That'd be this. Heat. Oh, beauty. Oh, look at that. Look at this. Oh, that's great. That's awesome stuff. Yeah. That's oh, well done, mate. Congratulations. That's a, yep. that's a ripper. That's a PB buck for me. Yeah. So, mate, what do you, what's your goal for this, this, this rut, this season here? Have you got a big fella you've been eyeing off and he's, he's just, um, yeah, he's keeping his space from you, or you have you got plans, books? Are you driving away, or you staying on your farm? What's your plan? Um, because the, the little girl's only a month old, I'm not planning to really make any big trips. But I have got um a few hunts organised. Like I, I, I promised a uh, a ta taxidermist last year. I'd take them out, and we just never found time because they kept getting sick and other obligations kept coming up. But I got in contact with them before and that then with another friend we've organized them to come out for a, a day to see if they can try their luck out on a hunt yeah try to get them one to one and apart from that I'll, I'll probably take the young fella out with me to have a look around I'm, I'm not really playing like I might go out with the bow because I have I've not taken a stay with a bow yet or a red deer in general yep with the archery, but so I'll, I might give that a go. But I, in general, I'll probably just go out and film and try to get some rules on camera. Yeah, okay, that sounds like a good plan, mate. One last video I just want you to talk me through, and um, I'll, I'll let you go. It's getting pretty late. Um, I'll yeah. last video and just tell me what's I, I know this is um, <laughs> that's a that's a good looking hog and um, beautiful scenery. It looks cold there, but it's. Looks very cold. Yeah, that's that's the result of what happens when you go hunting in the snow with a bow instead of taking a rifle with you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was my only worry when I if, if I ever started um, hunting with a, a bow, I forget the shits watching things run away. Um, that's that's my issue. I, yeah, I, I, love I, that feel, I feel my success rate would be greater for both rifle and archery if I didn't muck around with the camera. Yes, I, I have a lot more stuff on the deck. If I was wasn't worried about, oh, I've got to get the angle right. Got to, got to remember, yeah. I press record. Yeah, no, I, I um, recently I've been watching a lot of your stuff, um, Aussie Bush Harvest, and um, there's another guy I've been watching. I've actually been watching a fair bit of YouTube hunters lately. I've been getting back into it. It's been great. Um, and every time, yeah, I, especially for Aussie Bush, I, I Profty, <laughs> he um. I love how you just end up just dropping the camera after a while. You just put it on the ground and just shoot it. And I'm like, that's, it's just such a great way of filming. Like, cause it's just so raw and authentic, you know, like, oh, stuff it. I need to, I want this meat. I want to get on the ground. Bang. Let's just do it. So, um, 
you know, it's you're gonna have to do that sooner or later, mate. And it's just one of those things that, um, yeah, you know, my worst, my worst enemy is pressing, thinking I'm pressing record, which I'm actually turning it off, then going and getting the hunt going, and all of a sudden I turn around and the camera's been off the whole time. I've um, chucked a few GoPros after that. I find if I'm hunting something or I haven't hunted before or like a, like a new species, I, I'm generally, I usually bugger the camera. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, like that's why I've got no video of um of last year's chittle hunt. It's because like I've, I've never got one, never seen one. And I was like, so focused on, on just trying to get one. Yeah. Yeah. What's, um, what, do you think, what do you think the hardest deer is, mate? Well, from, in, you've, from what you've chased, hard, hard in what way? Um, what gives you the okay? In my slang, what gives you the biggest shits that you go? I just sometimes dread. You know, for me, it's it's certain pigs in certain areas. You kind of go, it's just you know they normally they've always got the step up on you. Is there a kind of deer that kind of has that on you? Um. I think it would be seeker just because like, I I just I didn't know anything about them, yeah. You know, and they're, they're, it's steep, fit country where we were hunting at the time. Yeah, I think just because like it was such an unknown. Like I think like when everything's unknown, it's going to be hard. They're going to be assholes. Yeah, but that's how it was with the chittle. I was like, all my usual knowledge about deer is just completely useless because like they they're not they're not doing what I expect other deer to do. Yeah. So, like, but once we sort of figure them out, it becomes easy. Yeah. It's like most things. It's the same with the tar, like hunting Himalayan tars. Like, if you've never seen one or know what their habits are, like, you're going to have a rough time trying to find one. But once you sort of get into the groove of it, so like, oh, it's yeah, obviously, like you, you sit back and you try to find tracks in the in the snow, and then you'll find one there. Or at all. Yeah. You just keep keep an eye on on the, this. Open sunny face in the afternoon, they'll they'll pop out for a feed. Like you eventually work work it out. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what was the biggest frustration was when, when I was hunting white, white tail in in America, and I my limit was forty meters for a shot. Yeah, and everything was was at seventy. Uh, and like, there was like a good, there were good bucks there too, like they were, that are worth shooting. And I was like, there's just, they were just, like they were, they're right there, but I can't shoot them because it's just yeah. too far away. Yeah, that would do your head in. That would, um, yeah. I, I'm lucky I never had to deal with that with the bow. Um, you know, I will deal one day when I do get a bow, but that would be very frustrating because, um, you know, you, you, I've seen, you know, films of Cameron Haynes shooting huge shots, and you're just like, that's ridiculous. That's just, you know, like you must live on that bow to do shots like that. Um, you know, yeah, that's like those, like those big long bombs that him and Rogan do. I'm like, no, I'm not confident doing that. Yeah, especially 50, you know. 50, 50's pushing it for me. Like, I, I've, I've have taken a any goat out at fifty, and I was like, yes, I hit it and. Got it perfectly, but that felt like a long time for that arrow to sail. What what pound are you using? Um, I'm on sixty. Yep. Okay. Sixty pound. Yeah. yeah, it would be definitely floating. So, anyway, mate, we're just about to wrap the air up. Um, I really yep. appreciate you coming on. 
Um, thank you. I'd love to get you on again. Um, I'm gonna. I've got one in the, you know, the, the plans at the moment. I'm gonna start getting a couple of hunters on. Um, yep. So it's not just just me and someone else. So I'd love to get you on, especially probably with Zach or, um, you know, depends who, who's willing to come on and, and, and have a chat. So um, I love what you're doing. I love yep. your um, I love your YouTube channel. Um, I love what you do. It's just awesome. Your Instagram. So. Just for everyone, tell us how we can find you, um, and yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, well, um, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's just Cody Urine, rock one word. That's that's all you got to look up to find me there. And to find me on YouTube, it's just dropping game with Cody Gearin, and yeah, that'll that'll send you to all the hunting videos, like the chamois hunt. Like I put a lot of work into that one, and. It's, didn't get as much views as I thought it would. Anyway, the joys of YouTube, mate. It's um, yeah, it's it's hard work. Uh, yeah, and no, it's only sitting on three hundred views. I'm going, oh, I put a lot of editing into that. Oh well, I, I thought I was real creative with it too. Are you um, you are the meme king. I did say that. A bit of <laughs> so uh, I love I love uh, waking up in the morning. And, you know, you'll you'll have a new TikTok or something. And it's you. Yes, doing something with the Send It Boys or Josh or um or uh, Zach. It's always good to, to have a look and um you know I, I send you stupid shit on TikTok all the time. So it's um it's always fun to, to have someone that can do that with. So I really appreciate uh, dealing with my crap when I do that because it's I, I send I've got a bit of a list there of people I send stuff to and you're on it. So um, I apologise if it's if it gives you the shits, but um it probably nah, that's fine. Like- I'm, I'm waiting for someone to buddy message me saying, "Can you stop making memes? Like you're not funny." <laughs> well, I find them. I think every a few people find them happy, so um, they're good. They're good. So, um, and just one last time, YouTube channel just for everyone to um, uh, type it in right now before we go. Yeah, dropping game with Katie Gearin, like D R O double P I N game with Katie Gearin. Lovely. Surely that's important. If you can't find it, um, I'll put it in the details below. Um, this podcast uh, live stream will also go into podcast form. You can watch it on Spotify, uh, YouTube. So um, thank you very much for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I hope to get you back on another time soon. Yep, be happy to. Had Thanks, a lot man. of fun. All right, there you go, guys. So um, love uh, – I'm back. I am back for this next this season. Um, I thank Cody for coming on. Um, he's still there, so I'm not going to rabble on too much. Um, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe. Uh, if you're on the podcast, make sure you give it a bit of a uh, five-star review. And, um, yeah, so thank you for, for getting on again and um, hope to see you again soon. Thanks, guys.